Welcome to Effortless Swimming, the podcast for swimmers, triathletes, and coaches. Join Australian swim coach Brenton Ford as he reveals the latest techniques and information to improve your swimming. Let's dive right in. Every now and then you come across a swimming style that really stands out from the crowd. And my guest today is Clayton Fatal, who's got one of the best techniques in all of triathlon swimming. And if he's not first out of the water, he's always in the front group. He finished in the front group, the front couple, in the uh, the latest world championships for the, the 70.3 championships. And he's won multiple 70.3 races, and he's a professional triathlete. And Clayton features in our upcoming Art of Triathlon Swimming DVD, which is looking to be completed by the end of March. And in that DVD, we take a close look at what it takes to swim fast, to swim efficiently, and we really get a lot of good footage of Clayton from multiple angles, under the water, above the water, and we really, uh, we really break it down, uh, Clayton's style. And it was, it was fantastic to get such good footage of, uh, of Clayton and to really see what he's doing under the water, especially with his pull, uh, especially looking from the front. You, you get uh, such a, a good look at really wh- where he gets his propulsion from and how he's able to swim so efficiently. So that's, um, that's coming at the end of March. And if you want to sign up to our email list to be the first to hear about that, then you can go to effortlessswimming.com. So let's get into the, uh, the podcast. We're on a Skype call. So every now and then it drops out for a little bit, but uh, it'll only drop out for a couple of seconds and it comes back in. So uh, here we go. I talked to Clayton about technique, strength training, some of his favorite workouts, and where he sees uh, swimmers, how he, how he sees them being able to break through their plateau or their speed barrier, and really take that next step with their swimming. So let's get into the podcast. Originally, I was a, a water polo player and did surf life saving, and it's quite going quite well at both. And um, started doing a bit more pool swimming from my water polo and my, my surf club stuff, and started going pretty well in swimming. And then my uh, swim coach told me about Lennox triathlon on the weekend coming up when I was about nine and I went along and I've pretty much been hooked since so that was close to 20 years now and have you always been a a good swimmer or uh has it you know Um, did that take time to develop yeah I, I was always one of the smaller kids growing up I didn't grow till I was quite late and Swimming tends to favour the, the taller kids, obviously, so I always had to work quite hard to, to get success in the pool and, and in the open water stuff, which I, I did a little bit of as well. Um, so it wasn't until I was about 17 when I actually grew that I, I started to realise I could swim and get some better results in the pool. Um, so, yeah, no, I wasn't wasn't always a good swimmer. It took, took a lot of work, and swimming next to guys that have a really nice technique is something I've, I've picked up along the way. Um, and I, I pride myself on my technique now. Well, you're, you've definitely got one of the, if not the best-looking strokes in, in triathlon. So what, what changes have you had to make to your technique to be able to come out front pack or you know, right, off the, right off the front uh, for each, each swim? Yeah. So is it, you know, have you always had such good technique, or what kind of changes do you have to go through? Um, funnily enough, when I was younger, I always used to watch the Uncle Tobys and guys like Dean Mercer, and I, I thought that was how you swam, and I used to think those guys were pretty cool, so I used to try and be a surf swimmer, and I even I even went to the extent of roughing up my stroke when I was in the pool to be cool. Um, <laughs> so I, I think uh, naturally I always have had quite a good body position in the water, um, so 
and and then swimming swimming with all sorts of swimmers like swimming with with sprinters who tend to have flawless technique um and and being an endurance swimmer you know like you know you can kind of get away with a bit of a not inefficient stroke but a bit of a rougher stronger stroke uh so i kind of put myself next to the sprinters and watch watch their technique and their length the stroke and and I, i picked up a lot from from sprinters so i have a pretty long slow turnover um which a lot of triathlon coaches are against but i think if you're strong enough and and you're efficient enough in the water the, the long and strong works quite well um so yeah i mean i guess i guess naturally yeah i have always had quite a good quite a good stroke but through 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 a lot of work to to get to where i am now and that's one of the mistakes that a lot of people make when they're let's say growing up or just coming into swimming is they'll look at they'll look at one style of swimming and say that's the one that i've I've got to do because that person is the fastest. So let's say it's a surf swimmers who tend to have a sort of rougher, choppier stroke, whereas yeah. that might not necessarily suit them. So someone like yourself who's um, tall, got long limbs, and you know, you're know you suited to a more effortless type of freestyle, whereas someone like Annabelle, who um, we show in the Art of Triathlon swimming DVD, she's um, suited yeah. to a more sort of tempo type of stroke. So it's... Um, it's good to take away some things from, you know, different people's style, but ultimately it comes down to what you naturally gravitate to and what you're suited to with your height, your body type and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think if you're a bigger guy, a bigger girl, like, and you are a little bit stronger then then use, use that use your strengths. Yeah, definitely. What is, so what do you tend to focus on with, uh, with your stroke being uh, a smoother type of swimmer? What, um, yeah. what are you always thinking about? Um, oh yeah, I, it wasn't until I went and did a little bit of swimming with Dennis Cottrell up on the Gold Coast that I realized that my stroke wasn't perfect and, um, you always can progress and be a better swimmer or better at anything, really. You're always learning. Um, you know, I got in there in the first couple of hundred, he picked me to absolute pieces and I was, I was ready to go home. He, <laughs> he told me my, my left hand wasn't entering straight. My head was looking too far forward. My kick was, I was kicking too hard for a, for a distant swimmer, um, so for me, left hand is actually a little little cue that I always remind myself with is fix a left hand, and that kind of sets off all the other reminders. So head head positions is the big one, I think. Through through the head being so heavy, that if your head position's in a good spot, your body's naturally going to sit in a great position in the water. Um, so I always try and look not directly down, but you know probably probably a meter to two meters in front max, um, and that tends to bring the hips up and the feet up and put you in a good position. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you notice that with uh, swimmers who look too far forward, where their their forehead's actually right at the surface of the water, as opposed to almost the temple of the head, and uh, you can yeah. just see that just see how much it slows them down and, and drops their hips and drops their um, their legs as well. So just like those minor changes in head position. And uh, they make such a big difference. And I was reading Dara Torres' uh, book, and she, you know, even after she's made three Olympics, she's still focusing on small adjustments with her head position. So it doesn't matter if you're uh, starting out or if you're at the very top end of the field, those things yeah. make such a, a big difference. Yeah, especially, especially if you're an open water or a triathlon swimmer. Um, if you're going to be looking up for the boys, it's, it's easy to just forget and leave your head in that forward position. So it's good to remind yourself, all right, there's the boy back to a, a nice head position. So you got to almost just remind yourself, every time you look, put your head back down. 
Yeah, definitely. And the, the same thing goes with, uh, with breathing too. I mean, like we kind of go through in the art of triathlon swimming is that when you're breathing, that's the thing that stuffs most people up with their stroke because they tend to throw their head to the side and they look further around than they need to and then they drop yeah. their shoulder in the water and the stroke falls apart. Whereas if it can be, you know, it's a really minor movement of the head, you get that low breath, then the rest of your stroke just stays as it normally would as if you weren't breathing. So it's, um, and when you look at your stroke as well, you've got such a low, uh, low breath that your mouth is almost underwater because of that little bow wave coming under, underneath your mouth. That, yeah. Um, it's, there's no impact to your stroke whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a lot easier to, you know, luckily enough we can move our mouths. So if you can get a minimal head turn and move your mouth to take in the air, you know, it's a lot easier than turning your head the whole way to just having your mouth completely open. Uh, I was taught by a long time ago by a lady called Cheryl and she told me to put my, put my mouth on the side and I refused to do it because I thought it looked like an <laughs> idiot. But, um, now I swear by it. Yeah. And, uh, if you, uh, if you know Ian Pope, who's one of the uh, the swim coaches here in Melbourne, he he always tells his swimmers to uh, to get a sneaky breath, and I think that's a good way yeah. to think about it. Is you want to uh, yeah have minimal movement of your head to to get that sneaky breath in. And I, yeah. I like to think of the uh, sighting as the same way. Is um, you want to you know when you, you sight and then breathe, you're just getting your eyes above the surface, just quite sneakily, so it's not really impacting your stroke, and then you turn your head to the side. Yeah, no, that's that's, that's a good one. And then uh, with strength tra- strength training, do you do any sort of uh, any sort of weights or gym work to help with your swimming? Yeah, I do. I do gym twice a week. Um, I'm not in the gym uh, a lot uh, too much because with a, a pretty tra- heavy training load, I try to kind of minimalize it so it's not going to impact on my other training. Um, so I'm only in the gym anywhere from 30, 40, 50 minutes max twice per week. Um, and then I'll do a little bit of activation stuff before every swim. So it only needs to be 10 minutes where, um, you know, I might just, just get on a stretch band for, for five minutes and give the arms a shake and just activate some weaker muscles. So for me, my right shoulder, through, through a bike crash, it's, it's not quite as strong as my left side. So I have to work quite hard on having that muscle activated and, and good to go when I get in the water. I think that's one of, the, one of the small things that makes such a huge difference is that little bit of strength training works so well for for swimming and as well as just activating before you actually get in the pool because if you know if you've if you're tight from from riding or running and uh, your shoulders aren't warmed up you feel it when you're pulling through you might get a niggle in the back of your shoulder you're not feeling the water quite as well as you used to but if you do the activation beforehand that's when you can really start to have a a good session because you're warmed up early on yeah yeah and i mean like when you know we're not we're not bodybuilders we're not we're not going to the gym to to focus on single areas um you know we're going to the gym or, or before or before a swim workout just to activate muscles um you know like e- even little things if i go into the gym i won't i won't go on a smith machine to do my squats i go on a on an olympic bar because it's it's more activation and more stabilizing muscles um i think as as an athlete that works outside of a gym in the open environment you need to you know, be be quite strong with your stability and your activation. Yeah, definitely. The the more free weights, or um, as you said, the the Olympic bar. Um, also, doing chin ups. If you if you progress to the stage yeah. where you can do them on the on the rings, uh, if you've got them at your yeah, gym, you know that's yeah. um, that's the next stage of um, of strength. I know Kai Hurst sort of swears by that. Is uh, you know he's he's looking to 
bears uh, or use the most sort of unstable equipment as possible so that your body learns to become stable. And uh, the the rings are you know, really hard to, to yeah, touch into. I, mean, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably save the embarrassment. I wouldn't put myself on the rings. I'm, <laughs> I'm pretty average on the old chin up bar. I think my record's seventeen. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's not. Uh, it's not too bad though. It's yeah. It's 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 pretty hard activity that one. Definitely. So, what what other sort of stuff are you doing in the gym? Um, so obviously with triathlon, I've I've got to work on my lower body quite a bit. Um, my swimming specific stuff is just that right shoulder. So working on the 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 shoulder rotation. Um, it's just a simple activity like planting my elbow in my hip and 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 just activating that through a band. Just pulling pulling the band in in out in out in out and just really working the little areas that have have grown quite weak through the the bike crash I had. Um, and that yeah, obviously in having a strong core. So when people say core, it's not you know your stomach. It's not just your stomach. People course. I'm going to do sit ups. Um, it is doing. Think I think being flexible from your hips all the way down to your toes is going to be quite beneficial for your kick. So when you go to the gym, it doesn't have to be just picking up a, a dumbbell and doing bicep curls. You can spend, you know, 10 minutes each gym session just working on your flexibility. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point because, I mean, most people, and I was, had uh, a guy, Mark Evans, on the podcast who um, his whole thing is just movement and flexibility and, and that sort of stuff. And uh, most people can't squat you know, with no weights. They can't squat properly without trying to, cheat as they're uh, as they're doing it just because they're so tight through the lower back and uh, hamstrings and, and all that sort of stuff so um, flexibility and strength go go hand in hand and it's it's the first thing to to go you know flexibility stretching that's not it's not sexy and it's not uh, you know you don't quite get the um, the endorphin rush that you do from doing a hard workout but it's so important for, for swimming what, what are your one or two go-to sets that you'll uh, you'll get to the pool and just uh, get stuck into. Yeah, so I used to my staple staple pool set used to be you know ten to fifteen four hundreds, but um, I was actually speaking to my mate just recently about the change. It's not you know that those sort of sessions are gone now. Um, I try and focus now on a bit more intensity and and keeping it a bit shorter and sweeter. So um, you know, good. I did a quite a good session this morning where we did five twos, five ones. So we did uh, the, five, the five twos, we went uh, 50 hard, 150 easy, 100 hard, 100 easy, 150 hard, 50 easy, 100, uh, 200 easy, 200 hard. And then we basically did the same with the ones. So, you know, 25 mm-hmm. hard, 125 easy, 50 hard, 50 easy, 175 hard, 25 easy, 100 easy, then finish off with a max, max 100. Um, depending on the time of the year, I, I might repeat that whole cycle two to three times max. Um, but yeah, I just find it just keeping the effort a little bit shorter. I, I find to get more out of the session, and you know, I don't feel like you know punching myself in the face. Sometimes those <laughs> sessions, those longer sessions, are really draining, and 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 you know, anything over sort of four, five, six hundred meters uh, can get quite boring, and. And personally, if I get if I get bored in the pool, I don't seem to get as much out of the session. So, you know, I try and do these key sessions lined up against 
one of my training partners and, and make a bit of a race. But I, lo- I love it. I love racing, but um, you know, it's. And I know you can't do it every session, but I do have a lot of fun with the training partners and a bit of banter. <laughs> yeah, I think when you train with mates, it's it makes the hard work a lot easier. And you know, you finish that yeah. session and you've you've gone through that that hard training that that experience together and uh you know it doesn't really feel like training so to speak and you know it's um and you also work a lot harder because your competitive spirit comes out and you want to one-up your mate and um you know and kind of have uh, have bragging rights so i mean i did the same thing this morning i went training with um a couple of mates this morning including the kibster and um <laughs> and you know I, I normally train on my own just because um, because i'm coaching when most people are training and uh, you know, I would never work that hard on my own. Just um, yeah, just, just knocking out, you know, like a ten-two set or something like that. So it's um, the people you train with make a, a big difference. What's about um, your? Yeah, yeah. and yourself. Yeah, definitely. And uh, what about your open water swimming with a wetsuit? Yeah, do you uh, do you change your stroke at all when you've you've got a wetsuit on, or do you pretty much keep with your your normal technique? Yeah, if if anything, I tend to shorten my strokes slightly in in the open water, especially with, yeah with the wetsuit on. Um, I swim in a hood wetsuit, so they are quite quite flexible. They're probably one of the most flexible wetsuits on the market. You want to try and get a a really flexible wetsuit, otherwise you're going to be really restricted when you you're trying to shoot for that long stroke and and obtain a really nice catch. Um, even even something small like a hip rotation. If your wetsuit's too small, you're not going to get a nice hip rotation, which is going to affect the length of stroke. Uh, so if I do do some open water stuff, I will, I will kind of, I, I won't, you know, probably so unconsciously I will change my stroke to be a little bit shorter, but it's, you know, nothing, nothing too sufficient. Try and keep, keep it quite simple and, and do what I know. And what about transitioning from pool swimming to, to open water swimming? So obviously you're not, you know, the water's not flat and you haven't got the same conditions as you do in the pool to the open water. What um, if someone asked you what, you know, how do I transition my speed that I have in the pool if they if they're hitting some good times but they can't quite take that into a race? What do you what do you see that being um, the cause of? Yeah, I mean it's just practice. You got to the more time you can spend in in the open water, and that that goes just swimming at the beach, surfing. It's it's being relaxed in the waters. You know, swimming isn't necessarily a it is a strength sport, but it, it's not not quite as strength oriented as, as riding the bike or something it's 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 having a good body position and being relaxed in the water and if you're tense in the water you know your air intake outtake's going to be you know out of whack and you're not going to be comfortable so i think being relaxed in the in the open water you know not not worrying about sharks or not worrying about breathing <laughs> enough or having foggy goggles which we all we all go through that as a professional I, you know I, I go through that as well and i get it um but it it is focusing on what you can focus on, what you can control in the open water, um, and going for it. You know, like if you've got a 600 meter swim, don't don't worry about the 600 meters. Worry about the first can, then worry about the next can and the next can, and then you know you might only have 200 to go. So focus on getting to the beach as fast as you can. So you've got to break it up. Like in the pool, you know, you've obviously got laps, so you can you can work the 50, you can work the next 150, whatever. Uh, so you got to you got to break it down. You don't want to go into a an Ironman with, with three point eight k's, and, and you know that's that's your sole focus. Yeah, just breaking it down to those little 
those little chunks that you can get through. Like um, last week, I ran the marathon, and it's just break it down to 5K chunks. And it went so quickly, breaking down those little little 5K stints. And, um, you know, it's just – it makes it something that's quite – quite big so much more more manageable and with most triathlon swims you've got at least two two boy turns in there if not um if not more so you can yeah. just um yeah just line up the can work to that and then you make the turn and then work to the next one and uh, especially about being relaxed i mean that's um as soon as you start to panic or you get anxious your whole swim is going to be so much harder and and it's just, it just comes down to experience in open water and being comfortable yeah. with being pushed around a little bit and being around others. So, you know, if you can practice that in training and get used to, um, to swimming close to others, it makes, uh, makes all the difference. Yeah. And, uh, how can people, uh, get in touch with you and, um, keep track of what, what you're doing? Where do you normally post to for, uh, for social media and what's your, at your website? Yeah. I mean, obviously, Obviously, uh, if, if people do follow me, I have launched CF Racing now with, with my mate Ryan. You can find us on social media or our personal website. And then we've got um, my own personal website, just claytonstelt.com. I've got all my, all my media, social media channels or whatnot. Um, but, yeah, I mean, as far as swim tips, I, I would suggest following CF Racing. And, and like, to, be, to be honest, I follow, I follow your channel because I think it is, it is good social media and it is good feedback. I mean, I, I saw that Natalie Coughlin video you posted the other day, and I've, t- I've gone and tagged some of my, my own kids that I coach in there to watch it. It's just, it's, it's, it's a good resource, and, and like I said, you can always learn no matter what level you're at. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, thank you. I, I appreciate that. And um, just going through the footage from the Art of Triathlon swimming now, and that's that's almost ready to to be launched. And it was great to have you feature in that and get some really good footage of your stroke from a lot of different angles, and and to hear your perspective on what you like to focus on um, with your swimming. So that's um, yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped for that to um, to come out and, and hopefully the end of March. And um, yeah, it, it's been great to um, to feature in that. So thanks for uh, joining the podcast. Yeah. I know you've got to get to coaching, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll talk soon. Sweet mate, thank you for having me. Thanks for joining us on the Effortless Swimming Podcast. To get transcriptions, bonus videos, and to be the first to hear about new episodes, go to swimmingpodcast.com.